Uh, I've had a bit of an adventurous time. Alex and I went to visit some uh, family in Christchurch and it was just difficult to get back. <laughs> so, um, you know, we often want to go somewhere straight out and limitations come one way or another. So anyway, we got up to uh, Blenheim on the way back and it was uh, raining hard and as we came into the very beginning of Blenheim, um, the phone went off with one of those civil defence you know, and, and basically Renwick people evacuate. So this is how we got into Nelson. I mean, ah, oh, we got a birthday party the next day in Nelson. So we thought, hey, you've got to make a decision quickly. What do we do? Oh, well, it might take over the whole of Blenheim, so let's not be in Blenheim. So we'll go to Picton, because that's a bit higher. <laughs> oh, bad choice. <laughs> so next slide. We, I was driving, so blame me for this, and uh, this is the Wairau River. But you can't see it from the bank. So I drive up onto the bridge at three in the afternoon, and that's what I saw. Back off? Well, you can't really back off, can you? So it's like, just drive, Jan, just drive. So we get to the other side on the way to Picton. Oh, fuel, praise God. Oh, boy, that was high. Why haven't they closed the road? And then the wetlands. You know, between the Wairau Bridge and Picton, it's just not there, is it? There's miles or kilometres of wetlands. And boy, were they wet. Now, I tell you... No, they were coming up over the road. We passed a car that had stalled in, in the water and couldn't start again because it was too deep. But what do you do? you just got to keep driving. So we got to Picton. Uh, there was only one landslide, so that was just one little bit. But then we thought, oh, we're going the Grove track. We're just going to go around the side and sneak back to Nelson because we can't get round the other way. Oh, no, road closed. Ah, and that was, that was two nights in, in Picton that we hadn't really anticipated because we didn't have access, because the water had more access than us. Yeah, okay, so you know, this flooding thing, it has been really big and it stopped thousands and thousands of people from having access to where they wanted to go and where they wanted to be. Well, what about COVID? Now we're looking at the Olympic Games and boy, you know, it's really interesting on the screen when you see there's nobody there. Nobody has access to the Olympic Games except those who are competing. How weird is that? Yeah, and like you see the signs like you don't come in unless you've got masks, you've got this, you've got that, you've got the other thing. You know, only limited. Yeah, this access thing is really big at the moment. And you can't go to Australia now again, sorry guys. And if you're in Australia, well, be scared. You know, this is the access thing. This is a really big thing in our lives in 2021. There's people who are weeping with frustration over some of this stuff. Some people who are heartbroken whose families are divided because of this issue of access. Yeah. 
Now, next slide. I was also watching a documentary, and I was watching, you can just see it so closely, can't you? Just like that, this is Mexico. And there's Mexicans who so want to get into the United States that they will do almost anything, including paying unscrupulous people who just would just as happily dispose of them as get them over the border. Because they feel like there's something over the other side that they have to have and they can't find an access way to get there. It's just huge. Think of all the refugees, all these people who are blocked, all the exiles who can't go home, they're blocked. Yeah, okay, next slide. So this is the quote that got me going, because I've been thinking about freedom. I've been thinking about it here. You know, you listen, don't you, to what's sort of happening in the, in the church, and I've been hearing the word, the singing, and I hear this. I can hear it in the atmosphere, freedom, freedom. And so you might hear me speak on this a few times, you know. Um, I just like to hear the atmosphere. And this quote got me because it's just a sensational thing. The greatest freedom we have is the freedom to come to God at any time. So I'm going to stop right here and I'm going to pray. But Lou, thank you for your prophetic prayer. So when you hear things today from me that you heard from Lou in prayer and you heard from Wes uh, over that song that we sang, you just need to say, this is God trying to get through to us because he often does it more than one way. Yeah. You know, if you just hear it once, sometimes you don't hear it enough. If you hear it, well, you know, if you hear it and you see it, oh, that's more. If you hear it and you see it and you write it, oh, that's more as well. Well, this is God just, he's good at repetition because we're a wee bit slow sometimes. Yeah? Have you ever been a slow learner in the Lord? I've got to say, have you ever been around the mountain more than once? A whole lot of you. Oh, boy. And you think, I wish I learnt that before now. Man, I'm this many years old. Just, you know, oh, a little over 40, you know. <laughs> yeah. Right, so let's pray. Lord our God, oh Father, our Father, Jesus, our High Priest, Holy Spirit who dwells in us. Wow, you're amazing. And we say to you, Wow, we need you to talk to us today. We invite you more. Just come more. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Wow, it's tears in my eyes. You see, this is just so... So precious, isn't it? These are the very, very precious things that we have access. Wow. So, freedom. You know, we all love it, don't we? In fact, we believe it as New Zealanders that we're the freest nation on the earth, or if we're not, man, we should be. You know, it's, pa it's a passion in our hearts 
America says we're the land of the free, but actually we think we are probably more than them, you know. Uh, it, but we sometimes have a wee bit of a problem with what we think freedom is. So lots of people have the idea that freedom is no restraints, do anything you like, as long as it doesn't hurt someone. Yeah. Well, not so that I see. Okay, you know, this is freedom. But actually, that's not what the Bible says freedom is. Freedom is a counterpoint thing. Freedom on one side is a plus, and it comes from a negative. Now, freedom in the Bible is always counterpointed against slavery or imprisonment. You know, you, you know um, they say, you know joy more if you've known suffering. Right. You know? So, you know freedom more if you've known bondage. Right. And that's what the Bible's always saying. You were in the, the kingdom of darkness, so look at the difference of the kingdom of light. Yeah. Okay, so you were in prison, and the Messiah came to bring freedom. Yeah. You know, you were captives, and God has delivered you by the Messiah out of that captivity. So freedom is what the Messiah came to do and freedom is what the Bible speaks about. You know, just there's so many verses about it but the idea is not just throwing off restraints. It's all within the bounds of the great commandment of great love for God from our hearts and our souls and our minds and our strength and great love for others that comes after that. So then you're free, okay? So you put those two first and then you can be absolutely free. That's the boundary. That's a great boundary. That's a really, really great boundary for freedom. So, let's just talk about, a bit more about freedom, but first of all I want to ask you a question, and the question is, what is the freedom that you value most of all? What is the freedom that you value, or in the past, have valued most of all? And you know, some people say, independence. Whoa, you know, I have valued that at times. Um, that's not something that's my highest value now. Because you know, the Christian faith is not about independence. Oh, sorry guys. Oh, it isn't. It's about depending on the Lord. You know, so if you want to be free to be independent, well, you're, oh, ouch. You're independent of God. And, and, and that's a bit of a rebellious kind of an attitude. And this is something I'm afraid that we breed in the West. Say no, guys. You know, this is what we have to rise up in our hearts and do, is say no to culture. You know, when it is not godly, don't accept it. This is not just about you young people. Hey guys, you know, us older people, we have some big things to say no to as well that are actually not part of the freedoms for which Christ set us free. You know, they are part of what the world says is freedom, but it doesn't lead you anywhere except slavery. Because the Bible says that you are enslaved by anything that masters you. So what is it that masters you? What is the thing that you have 
to do. And look, I'm talking to Christians, guys. Lots of us still have things that just every now and then master us. Let's be honest. And those are things that God has freedom for us. I'm working through it just like you. We just need to identify them and be real about them and come to the cross again with them. You know, let's be real. You know, we're not um, the saints with the halos, except for my husband. And he got that. He, he worked very, very hard for that. None of you would want to do it. He's lived with me for more than 30 years. Now, none of you would want to earn that sainthood. Okay, so you'll have to find another way, and it's through the cross of Christ. <laughs> All right. So, we're going to go back talking about freedom of access because I've thought a lot about this and actually I think it's true because if you don't have access to God what have you got that's real and eternal if you can't talk to God if you can't go right into his presence if you can't bask in his glory if you can't sit miserable in his presence and ask him why but actually talk to him. What have we got? We are of all men most miserable. Yeah. So before Jesus, you know, most of you, but we need to remind ourselves that it was not like this. There was not access to God unless you were the high priest. And then you could go in with a lot of sacrifices once a year with fear and trembling and a rope round your foot in case you hadn't got it right and they had to pull you out dead. Ooh. I don't think there would have been a high priest who went in there without his heart pounding to the holy of holies behind the curtain. Because God is a holy God. And you know, people could only at that stage temporarily find cleansing for their sins. Oh, man. So that's what we come from, this time when nobody could walk right in except the high priest with fear and trembling and a whole lot of things done. What a difference today the sacrifice of Jesus has made. You know, the things that we have known from childhood are things we have to know again and we have to know them more deeply than we knew them before. We're going to have to know these things about our place and our position with God more in the days to come than we have ever, ever known them in the past. So why we go back to these basic truths is because sometimes we need to take a second run at these things and look again and wonder again. And you know what I felt the Lord say about this right of access to him is sometimes we treat it carelessly. Sometimes we treat it carelessly. Oh, we can come when we want to, and when it suits, and uh, when I have a need. Hey guys, actually, hello, we always have a need. Every day of our lives, we have a desperate need. 
to be in the presence of the Lord. Intentionally. That's different. Intentionally. You know that nothing good gets done without an intentional purpose and desire. Nothing strong and good. Do you know, we can become people who wander in and out, but it's not good enough for what God is calling us to as a people. Yes, we do actually have the ability to wander in and out. And, you know, the Bible does talk about we have to come and go. Jesus is the door. And in our lives, we do have to come and go and have what we talked about last week, God over everything. Because we aren't going to be able to pray all our lives. And actually, I haven't got the stamina for it yet, have you? <laughs> but, yeah. So we had that huge curtain that Jesus took and ripped from the top by the finger of God to the bottom and we are free to enter. So I want to talk about that access in terms of two different things. So we're going to just look at John 10 quickly and John 10 verse 7 to 10. Therefore Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, I am the gate or the door, some versions have door, for the sheep. All who ever came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will go in and he will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief only comes to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. So, you know, the first thing about these verses is we have access the first time we choose to believe in God. We choose to believe Jesus, our gate. Now, if you see the next picture here, can we just flick to the next one? Now, this may have been what an enclosure was like in Palestine way back in those days. And you can see that there's a high wall and there's a gap for the shepherd to stand in the gap or lie in the gap to keep those sheep safe. So, you know, when we choose Jesus as our door, suddenly we have a protection that we never had before. This is part of the access, the freedom of access when we have Jesus as our door in and out. That's an amazing thing, the protection of the name of Jesus. It does not mean we'll never have trials, but it means that he is there with us in those times. You know, unfortunately, um, trials do things that nothing else will do in our lives if we'll let them. They'll do something different from what anything else will if we will bow to the Lord in them and walk with him through them. Okay, so we can come mucky and dirty, that's okay. Better to come mucky and dirty because there's no way to clean yourself up before you come. Yep. Don't try it. You know, if you, you just won't be able to do it. We need the cleansing of the blood of Jesus and that happens when you walk through the door. Okay, that's inside, that's not outside work. So if you haven't actually walked through that door with Jesus before and said, okay, Jesus, I see, 
I need to believe you. I choose to believe you. I want to walk life with you. I want that amazing life that you've promised, that abundant life. I've had enough of the killing, stealing, and destroying of the devil. If you haven't done that before, do it today because it's a, this is the best thing that you will ever do. That is access. Suddenly you go from being on the other side where you're in the kingdom of darkness and you haven't got a way out. You don't have access to God. You just have a life that is not what God intended for you. Okay, so the second thing is that I want, I want to just now go to Hebrews 4. Hebrews 4, 14 to 16. Right. And this is a verse I thought of so much about this quotation about right of access. When I can turn the pages, here we go. So we're going to verse 14. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. We do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathise with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. That's every day. That's every day. We will find the grace. The grace is there. And you know, we know about grace, don't we? Oh yes, unmerited favour. Hey guys, that's not enough. Actually, grace is way more than that. Grace talks about our empowerment yeah. in Jesus to walk the walk that he's yeah. calling us to. So what he's giving us is the empowerment if we will come to his throne. And of course, Jesus is sitting on his throne. And why is he seated when he's the high priest? And every other priest we read about in the Old Testament was standing. Why is that? Because the, high priest, the priests in the Old Testament could not finish their work. It was never finished. But Jesus, the high priest, has finished yeah. the work. It is finished. Oh man, get that into your heads. There is nothing more required. Jesus has paid the price. He has made the access from now until eternity. There is never a time when there will be something closed from his side. Yeah. You can do it. But his way is open because of the sacrifice of Jesus. This is the most awesome, amazing thing that you can get right into your heart from your head. Yeah. Okay. yeah. We can come boldly and confidently. So now, I want to just tell you about a picture I had, had while we were worshipping this morning. And this picture was um, talking about coming boldly and confidently. There was a person and they were sitting way down the back of a darkened hall and it was like they were in the vicinity of the throne room but they were sitting and they were bent over and they were holding something and it was quite heavy so that's why they were seated 
because it was too heavy for them to hold standing up. And they, they were just, it was quite precious actually. I believed it was very, very precious to them. But they had to sit down at the back and they were just holding it and looking on. So I want to tell whoever that is or however many people there are that feel like that about something very precious but very weighty and heavy in their lives that Jesus said, come. He said, come not to the back seat in the throne room in the corner to still hold your burden. He said, come right down to the throne with your burdens and put them at the foot of the cross. You know, you can't pick up some help when you won't put down your burden because your hands are already full. So, you know, for you guys who have something very, very precious in your lives, sometimes it helps to think physically about them. And this is a picture I got because I've read some books about spiritual formation. So this is the picture I got, you know, of the people coming. Oh, I'm not supposed to walk like that. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Oh, come on! I reckon freedom is so good, and I could do it, but yeah. <laughs> okay. You know, when we do something with our hands, it sometimes breaks something inside. I don't know what it is. I know about learning language because I'm an ex-language teacher, and there's a way of teaching language called total response. And what you do is the words you're learning at the basic level, you do. So when you're learning stand, you stand. And when you're learning sit, you sit. And it's sort of somehow a lot easier, like often with children, to learn through actually doing something that sort of makes a link in the brain. So anyway, with this one, what I see is maybe this is what you're going to do with God. If you come with this thing in your hands that you're holding that's very, very precious, but you just can't let it go. And you come and you put it down. And the way to put it down is you turn your hand over. Now, I do this sometimes in my own life at home. I've got some things on my heart that sometimes get heavy at the moment, some family things. And you know, sometimes I do this. I come to God like this, and I turn my hand over and put them down, and I say, they're yours. And I'm just picking up your very light burden that one that you have made especially for me. That's all I want. I don't want to have that heavy burden. So there might be a time later when we're playing the last song maybe. And if you want to do something that really um, is between you and God but just shows what you want to transact with him, come up, put your hands out and, and just tell God what you're doing. Yeah. Turn it over and put it down and then reach out because what you can reach out for is the mercy which means you don't get what you deserve 
That's pretty good. And the grace, which is you get more than you deserved. Way, way. You don't deserve to have power to help you in time of need, do you? You don't deserve to have anything much, actually, if you compare yourself to holy God. But you get it. I mean, free gift. Don't we love free gifts in New Zealand? I reckon we're all bargain hunters. Free gift forever. Free gift. Get it in your heart. This is monumental. This can change us as we go, wow, in an attitude of awe and wonder. There's so much in the throne room, you know, that we're invited to participate in. You know, when you think of the throne room in Revelation, what's in there? What are they doing? Praising and worshipping forever, 24 hours a day. There's worship in the throne room. And I just got a feeling that this is one of the things that God will give you to empower you in the battles that you're having right now. Because it's in the throne room. You're not going to find it worrying in your head. But you're going to find it by that free access into the throne room to intentionally bow and praise our God. That is so awesome. And there's just another thing about it. You know, there's a wee quote that says, you grow like the people that you live with. So I'm just going to show you a few little bits here. <laughs> yep, I think you might have it already. Now, the top one is for Wes. And I think Wes has a dog. So I'd be very interested to see a picture of Wes beside his dog. I um, mean, do they look the same? And this girl, well, she's got a, something going on here that's sort of a bit like the dog's ears. So how about the next page? Well, I don't know, that lady at the bottom, well... <laughs> yeah. Okay, so that's just a wee bit of fun. But the longer we spend intentionally in the throne room, the more we get to be like Jesus. It rubs off. It rubs off. Ah, if you don't believe me, here it goes. First, 2 Corinthians 3, now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom! Oh, did I frighten you? I mean, freedom! Isn't that what we've just been talking about? And we, who with unveiled faces all contemplate or reflect the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord. If you want it, that's where you get it, yeah. in the throne room. I find when I'm speaking, the Lord calls me back time and time again into what are the inner attitudes and processes that will cause us to be able to go out strong to fight the battles. You know, it's the inner processes that will lead to the outer successes. And if you haven't done the inner workings, you'll find yourself falling short in the outer bits and pieces of life that we live. Okay, I think the challenge is this. This is what I felt the challenge was today. Have we lost our awe? Have we lost our wonder? Do we need to just reassess what this amazing 
access, free access means in our lives to keep it foremost in our hearts, in our worship and in our walk. Have we lost it? We can get it again. I've got to tell you that I have more absolute awe for my Lord and God now than ever in my life before. This is not familiarity. Familiarity is bringing me to awe. Familiarity, getting to know God more, is bringing me to awe for more. Stay hungry, guys. Yep. You know, stay hungry. You know, this is what happens. Familiarity in God's courts does not breed contempt. We have that quote, but familiarity with God's courts, with his throne room, does not breed contempt. It breeds awe and wonder. Cultivate this in your life. This attitude will lead into the things that God has for you and your best destiny. You need this as a start. You need awe. You know, God is not the man upstairs. If you've ever referred to him as that, don't do it again. Yeah. How, how denigrating is that? God is our amazing, amazing um, redeemer who bought us at the most incredible price of his life that we might love him and live with him and have access to him from now walking right into eternity. That's our way maker. That is the way that he makes. He is the way. And there is no other way. You know, if we get this with awe and wonder, it will transform us walking out to tell people because they don't have access. Okay, imagine in your life, right? Now shut your eyes and think. Okay, so no God anymore. Live your life. Ooh. Yeah, not good. Because, you know, the things that we love when we're young and we think that we must have them, actually, they're temporary. So when you get to my age, you can't even do some of those things anymore, so it's a sort of a bit easier. But you've learned they don't bring lengthy satisfaction. It's Jesus who does. Every other freedom we have comes off the back of the freedom of access to our God. Freedom from sickness. Freedom from bondage. See, it's from and to. Freedom to worship. Freedom to love freely and extravagantly. They come off the back of our freedom to come to the Father through Jesus at any time, in any place for any reason and not because it's an important thing it doesn't matter come anyway for the little things the big things the impossible things our God is that God 
the things in your life that you haven't laid down because they seem too precious, too weighty, too hard. That's exactly why God has made this way. Do you know, the door's really, really big for you. You can carry that enormous weight in. It's okay. Bring that weight into the throne room and put it down. Father, our God, we remember, we are challenged about your Son. The Holy Priest of our faith. That we are free to come. That we can run down the hallways of heaven. That we can just boldly run into your throne room and right up to you and approach you as, as sons and daughters, that we have the right of sons and daughters to be so close to you, to touch you. Oh, wow. To touch you. The corner of your robe. More than that, we can climb on your lap and sit there and weep and laugh and feel your heartbeat. How close is this access? We are so in awe of you, mighty, mighty God. We love you. We just want to say we worship you. Take us more into this. Show us more. Don't let us take it for granted. This priceless privilege.